All right, uh, we've uh, concluded our last study, and so we're beginning another six-week study, and this one is on who we are in Christ, made for something more. You believe you said made for something more than you have been doing? Yes, we are. We are made for something more. Um, so let's turn in our books to page 75. <coughs> you have your study guide with you, turn to page 75. Who are you really? Identity is a buzzword in our world. The question of what makes us who we are. The world tells us our identity is determined by a bunch of different factors, including how we see ourselves, how we feel, and how others and what others expect us to be. But if you've tried to define yourself based on these factors, you know they're ultimately hollow. They shift around like sand, leaving us with nothing solid to hold on to. Let me fix that light. <laughs> so, we get back to the issue, we get back to the basic question. Who are we really? Thankfully, there's an answer. We are who God says we are. And when we come to Christ, our identity is shaped, reshaped, into the image of Christ. He brings us back to what he intended us to be in the first place. In these six sessions, we'll gain a deeper understanding of who we are in Christ, why we're here in this world, and what our purpose is supposed to be. Far from how the world wants to define us, we'll see that we're made for something more. And on page 76, uh, we have the six sessions that we'll be looking, be looking at. Session one, which will begin today. I am wonderfully made, Psalm 139, 1 to 6 and 13 to 18. Session two, I am a child of the king, Galatians 4, 1 to 7. Session three, I'm a minister, 2 Corinthians 3, 4 to 12. Session four, I am a priest, 1 Peter 2, 4 to 10. Session five, I'm just passing through. 1 Peter 2, 11 to 17. Session 6, I am a light. Ephesians 5, 8 to 14. Okay, so if you can turn to page 77, hold the page as I give you the setting for our study today. Uh, here's the setting as we go into a uh, study I am wonderfully made. 3,000 years ago, David ruled as Israel's king. He was a great psalm writer, as we know as we read the scriptures. The heading of Psalm 139 bears David's name, as do many other psalms' headings. Many events in David's life, from Samuel's anointing him for kingship in his youth, to failed conspiracies against him in later years, show that God knew and valued him. We can imagine David and <coughs> countless others singing Psalm 139 and marveling at God's attentiveness to them. Okay, that's the setting. We're going to see how attentive God is to each and every single one of us as we go through our study today. So let's look at the first question then on page 77. What is something you've made with your own hands? A garment? 
a garment, okay? Caps and, hmm? caps and blankets. Caps and blankets. What else? How did you feel when you made that item? Hmm? Proud, right? Yes, made you feel good, right? That you were able to create something. Okay, let's look then at uh, Bible meets life. Page 78. Go ahead, someone read it, please. Citizens of the modern world, we love, we love our freedom of choice. That's true. Whether we're choosing a restaurant, an outfit to wear, or a person to spend our life with. Nobody wants to be forced to do something. We like our freedom. But freedom has its limits. On January 22nd, 1973, the Supreme Court ruled the freedom included the right to have an abortion. Many hailed it as a freedom for choice, while others criticized it as the license to make a life, sorry, to take a life. The focus of this debate enters on whether or not fetus, an unborn child has evil, but who assigns a person value? Isn't it the one who created us? If you ever made something with your own hands, you likely assign value to that object or project. It was important that valuable, valuable to you, even if others didn't see it that way. God actually sees us with great value, a value others may dismiss or ignore. But even, sorry, but every person matters. You matter. And we honor God when we value life as He does. Okay. Now what is the point of our lesson today? Every life counts, including mine. You believe that? Mm-hmm. Every single life counts, including your own. Now, when we look at what happens in our world today with regards to the sanctity of life, we wonder about that, don't we? Yeah. How people take lives so frivolously and thoughtlessly. And, uh, and uh, it seems to be becoming more and more incredible the way people are doing it every single day. Okay, let's pause as we pray for our study today. Father, again, we thank you for the opportunity to open your word. And we pray, Father, for leaders and lawmakers in our country whose sole responsibility is to set laws and legislation that would govern our land. We pray, Lord, that you would impress upon their hearts a desire to protect and preserve the value of human life in every single form because it was all created in your image and likeness. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Okay, let's look at the first um, scripture verse we have, and that is Psalm 139. Uh, one to six, the first six verses. Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You understand my thoughts from far away. You observe my travels and my rest. You are aware of all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know all about it, Lord. You have encircled me 
you have placed your hand on me. This wondrous knowledge is beyond me. It okay. is lofty. I am unable to reach it. Okay. Look at that first verse again. It says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. Zero in on that word, known. What do you think it means? We hear it all the time. Hmm? To know everything about you. To know everything about you? Okay. This is a deeper chest. I know you. You know, he knows all about me. Mm -hmm. From the beginning. <laughs> this is, you know, mm -hmm. it's I know a person. Mm -hmm. But the more you be involved with that person, the more you really know them. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I often think the word, you know. You see this word, in this context, the word refers to God's thorough and yes. intimate mm -hmm. knowledge mm -hmm. of us. If there's anything to know about us, God knows it. Yes. And that's what this word means. He, he's known us. In other words, you cannot swing God. Okay? And a lot of people think they can. Okay? And this word is a reminder that there's no way you can do that. Okay? And we've seen in Scripture many times where individuals try to do that. They, they fail to realize how God really knows them. And sometimes we have a relationship with a person and, uh, and, and there would be some question about that person's character and you know that person more than anybody else and you would say to that to a person who questioned that, oh, I know him. And that means that you have a, a, a deeper, a, a thorough and intimate knowledge of that person more than what anybody else has. It can also refer to our awareness of God's wondrous works because we are product of his wondrous works. When we look at verse 14 uh, of Psalm, it says, I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. Okay? And so Psalm 39 is one of those Psalms that you really need to grab a hold on to. David was chosen. God chose him. We have been chosen. And the verse says, God knows us so well that even the hairs of our heads are numbered. Can you imagine that? Imagine. That's, that's astounding. I mean, that's something to really think about. God knows the hairs. Of, God has got the hairs of our heads numbered and counted. Someone asked her, what, what happens when I cut it off? Okay. He knows what you cut off. <laughs> He's got them all numbered. When a shepherd loses a sheep, he knows what sheep he lost, right? God's got our head. The hairs of our, that's how well he knows. And God, David only says that to, to get us to understand how well God knows us. And that we can't swing God like we could swing anybody else. Further, the high value God places on us is further confirmed by the cross of Christ. That's how high of a value God put us. Uh, 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 Romans 5 8 says, God shows us his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And you know, you know, when you can ask no sinner, you know, mm. <laughs> but he loves us. So God knows us as one who has searched us. He knows us very well. He studies his creatures closely. 
You don't think someone's studying you, what? God's studying you. He has known us in detail, intimately, and better than we know ourselves. You think you know yourself. God knows you more. God knows you better. Something to think about, isn't it? Makes you stop in your tracks. Okay, let's look at that second question there. What emotions do you experience when you read these verses? What emotions comes over you when you read these verses? Do you get cold chills? Yeah. <laughs> what else comes to you, happens when you read these verses? Lord, I thank you. Hmm? Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. We think about the immensity of God's love, right? He made us with love. He made us with love. What else do we think about? The truth of who God is. The truth of who God is. Okay? He says what he means and he means what he says. You can take him at his word. Okay, let's look at the paragraphs beneath that verse. Someone have it can read it, please. Psalm 139 shows us who God is in relation to his creation. God is more than our creator. He's the God who knows us intimately and values us completely. We live in a culture where we are accustomed to hiding. We disguise who we really are and what we really think. We take, over, we take cover behind positions platforms and personalities. We conceal the parts of our lives that cause us shame to embrace us. We hide behind Page 79. Go ahead. We hide behind social media posts and pictures, attempting to show the world the identity we want them to see. We might be able to disguise portions of ourselves from the world around us. But in Psalm 139 David made it clear, we have no mask when it comes to God and how he sees us. We can't hide from God or convince him we are something we're really not. He has searched us and known us. God knows us better than we know ourselves. You understand my thoughts from far away. God doesn't plan thoughts in our minds, but he does understand what we are thinking. God knows what we are going to do before we do it. You observe my showers and my rest. You are aware of all my ways. You can never do something that catches God of that. We can't surprise God. He's aware of all things, including our actions and attitude each day. God knows what we are going to say before we say it, before a word is on our tongue. You know all about it, Lord. God is all-knowing, omniscient. That truth is hard to comprehend, but nothing is outside of God's awareness and knowledge of us. Okay. Next page. Just as Jesus knew Judas was going to betray him before that betrayal even took place, 
Matthew 26. Okay, let's look at Matt, that verse. Matthew 26. And he answered said, Peter, <coughs> to put his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is. It written for him, but go unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, it said, He, is it I? He said unto him, Thou hast said. Okay. Okay, continue reading. Well, about our sins before we commit them. Mm. That, that may sound scary, and for good reason. But it also makes the fact that God loves us so much more amazing. In fact, Jesus loves us so much that he came to save us in spite of our sins. See John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whomsoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And then Romans 5 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, in that while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. Okay. All right, so we see a couple of bullet points there. But let's look at the first uh, paragraph uh, in the passage that we read. Just as Jesus knew Judas was going to betray him before that betrayal even took place, God knows about our sins before we commit them. Think about that. God knows about our sins before we commit them. What kind of a deterrent would that be for us? The, way, the pastor says that may sound scary and for good reason. That sounds scary, doesn't it? Okay. God knows what you're going to do and God sits back and says, Oh boy, I hope he doesn't do this. But I know he's going to do it. I know he's going to do it. So I have a question a little bit. Uh, the story to me is uh, how wonderful God show us uh, in know mm -hmm. before we sin. And I remember one time, I forget what the passage was, uh, where uh, God was saying he was regretting as the creator because how bad we felt. Mm -hmm. And when you look at this passage, where he show, or he know us before we even do it, before we even say mm -hmm. And when after that, uh, he said it, where he regretted because he was creator. So that's where the father You know, but uh, the passage in Genesis where God said, what? He if we could, because he was a created human being, mm -hmm. because we become so bad. Oh, it says God regretted that he had made him. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Okay. But it doesn't change the fact that God knew what they were going to do. So but how come he knows us so well? Mm -hmm. yes, but he, because he's given man free will he's given us the free will to do whatever we would see we're not made robots 
while God knows that we could mess up at any time, He also knows that which we are going to do, but He's not going to do anything to prevent us from exercising free will. Because He's God. He's not a dictator. If we really think about the fact that God knows everything we're thinking, He should deter us. That's right. And it should also cause us to keep short accounts with God. Because whenever we have that thought that we know we shouldn't think, that's the time to go into God, go to God in prayer. Says, Lord, forgive me for that thought. Forgive me for what I've been thinking. I shouldn't have been thinking that. And that's what it means when we talk about keeping short accounts. Because God knows every thought that we have, we should be we should be aware of that, we should be conscious of that. And that's why it shouldn't be surprising for us when the scripture says pray without ceasing. Because if you're going to be conscious of God always knowing what you're thinking, you're going to be praying without ceasing. All right? Because you can always be praying and saying, Lord, forgive me for this and forgive me for that. Constantly. Brenda. I want to say something. Knowing who we are and God knows it, it will give us the look at the love we have to be. He know who I am, but in spite of who I am, that's what makes him so great. Mm-hmm. And that's why we love him. Because if I know you don't like me, I hate you right now. But the loving God knows who we are, and he still loves us. So nothing better to cause you to love God more. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrated his love toward us, even in that while we were at him. There are some people that you know, you know some stuff about, and you got some funny feelings about those people, right? Wow. You don't, you, don't, you don't really gravitate to those people like you would if you didn't know about them what you know. You know some bad things about some people, and that keeps you, to, that, 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 that causes you to have kind of a, a standoffish attitude with that person, but God isn't like that. Romans 5 8 says, God demonstrated his love toward us even that while we were still sinners. Our behavior, I don't know who we were, didn't deter God's love in any way, shape, or form. Okay, God knows ultimately. God knows us ultimately because he created us. As we move to verses 13 to 16 of this psalm, we learn more about the value God has imparted to us because of, of his creation and because of his plans for us. So let's look at uh, those other verses. 13 to 16. Someone read it, please. For it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wondrously made. Your works are wondrous, and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret, when I was formed in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me, and when I was formless, All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. Okay. A couple of points uh, there. Uh, The phrase in verse 13, knitted me together. You ever thought of being knitted together when you were being created? You never thought about it like that, eh? (laughs) No. (laughs) This phrase pictures God at work like a weaver making a cloth. That's the picture that uh, David wants you to get in your mind, what God wants you to figure in, in your mind when you read, he knitted me together. 
Uh, those of you who crochet and knit and stuff, you know what that's like, right? You know the experience. And this is what, in other words, it was a personal activity of God. It was not an assembly line issue where God just pressed a button and everybody was created. Okay? It's personal. However, God's knitting work involves a newly developing human being in the womb. God also knitted us together in the, in a, in the mother's womb, the verse tells us. He was active. Get this now. How was God active and created us in terms of this knitting process? He was active in the cells, organs, and fibers of our body. Of our bodies growing and maturing in the earliest stages of our human existence and development. Okay, so every cell, every organ, every fiber, God was fashioning those and fixing those and putting them all together. In verse 12, we read that the darkness is like light with you. In verse 13, we are reading of the dark places of the mother's womb, hearing that God knows and sees and works out his purpose even there. So while you were in the mother's the darkness of the mother's womb, God's purpose was being worked out. And we saw that in various other passages of scripture, but God doesn't wait until after a child's birth to take interest in him and begin his work in that child. Indeed, God said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. That's Jeremiah 1 verse 5. Remember that verse? He's saying the same thing here in, in, in Psalm 139. Gabriel said to John the Baptist, you will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. See that in Luke chapter 1, verse 15. Saw it in, in Jeremiah, you saw it in John, and he's saying the same thing here uh, through David in Psalm 139. Okay, let's look at the verses. Uh, let's read the verses beneath that verse. The psalmist described us with a beautiful phrase, remarkably and wondrously made. The Hebrew word translated remarkably expressed great reverence, awe, even fear. It reminds us of our connection to the all-powerful creator of the universe. You and I were made by God, in the image of God, for the purpose of glorifying God. People are created as either male or female in all shapes and sizes with different, different appearances and a wide variety of ethnicities. But God didn't create us to look like him physically. He created us to be like him spiritually, and that is remarkable. In addition, we are wondrously made. God created every person walking the face of the earth as a unique individual, distinct and set apart. That doesn't mean we're born perfect according to the world standards, but the world standards are ultimately unimportant. We can rest assured that no matter what flaws, ailments, or challenges we may have, God loves us. He has a purpose for us. When my wife and I found out she was pregnant with our first child, we couldn't wait to become parents. The anticipation was almost unbearable. When that day finally arrived, we discovered an entirely new kind of love. From the very first moment, we loved our daughter deeply. Yet, no matter how much we love her, God's love for her will always be far greater. And even though we loved her for the first moment we laid eyes on her, it's amazing to realize God's love goes back even further than that. Some people believe life begins the day a child is born, 
But Psalm 139 paints a different picture. Before the parts of your body were completely formed, you were already a person in the eyes of God. I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. Jeremiah 1 verse 5. The Lord called me before I was born. He named me while I was in my mother's womb. Isaiah 49 verse 1. There's no greater value than being known and loved by God. The amazing message of the Bible is that God knew us and loved us before we were ever born. Okay, let's look at some bullet points, uh, some main points uh, from uh, that passage. There are four of them I have here. One is, you and I were made by God in the image of God for the purpose of glorifying God. You get that? It's all about God. Not us. But you have a lot of people walking around strutting this stuff as if it's all about them. Okay? But the word says you and I were made by God in the image of God for the purpose of glorifying God. And that's why the scripture tells us that in whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all to the glory of God. Because that's what God made us for. To show him off. To show him off. Uh, second point. In addition, we are wonderfully made. God created every person walking the face of the earth as a unique individual, distinct and set apart. What does that mean? Don't compare yourself to nobody else. Okay? God made you exactly how he wants you to be. So why would you go and compare yourself with somebody else? God made that somebody else you care comparing that yourself to as a distinct individual to accomplish his purpose. And he made you the same way. Okay, number three. Some people believe life begins, uh, life begins the day a child is born. But, one, but Psalm 139 paints a different picture, doesn't it? It talks about life beginning in the womb and God working the purpose of that person out in the womb. Okay, we saw that with John the Baptist, we saw with Jesus, we saw it with Isaiah, and many of those whom God uh, created, their purpose was, was highlighted, forecasted before they came out of the womb. And then the final point, there's no greater value than being known and loved by God. Could you think of a greater value than that? Being known and loved by God. The amazing message of the Bible is that God knew us and loved us before we were ever born. Question number three. Page 82. Where in our culture do we see life being devalued or disrespected? Where in our culture do we see that? The legalization of abortion. The legalization of abortion is one, right? That's not only cultural, that's worldwide. Yeah. Where else do we see it? <coughs> culture. People being, life being devalued and disrespected. Okay, murders. Okay. Murders, and then the police would make it, would, would compound it by, by making that statement. What is that statement? He was known to the, to the police. You know what that means, right? He was a thug, he was a crook, he was a criminal. We're happy to get him off the street. We're happy to get rid of him. Okay? Yeah. Ah, that's another one. Okay. 
Uh, Rome, Paul talks about that in Romans. Okay, that's another way life is being uh, devalued and disrespected. People are disrespecting how God made them and what God made them. And deciding, well, I don't want to be a man anymore. I want to be a woman. Or I don't want to be a woman anymore. I want to be a man. Okay, so that's another way life is being uh, disrespected. How else? Have anybody seen anything else in our not culture? Because you're not even valuing hard work and things like that anymore. You're just trying to make this money. Okay, the web shop. last dollar there, so you might be able to take care of your family and different things like that. Because you put your last dollar there open for a big win. Okay, so there's the web shop bosses who are devaluing the life. <laughs> okay. All right. Hmm? Different races? Okay. Uh, yeah, different races of people are treated differently. Okay, because of their race. All right. Anyone, any others? Okay, here's an, here's an alternative question. How does knowing we are fearfully and wonderfully made impact the way we see, the way you see yourself and others? That question ain't in your book. Okay. How does knowing we are fearfully and wonderfully made impact the way we see us, the way you see yourself and the way you see others? Okay, good answer. You have a bigger obligation to do, to follow uh, the golden rule of scripture, to do unto others as, as you would have others do unto you. Anyone else? Being more appreciative. Being more appreciative. Mm -hmm. Okay. Show more love. Show more love. Mm -hmm. okay. If you truly believe that and follow that, every, every issue in culture that we've just mentioned would be totally extinct. eradicated. There'd be no, there'd be no murder. Mm -hmm. There would be no, no racism. Mm -hmm. There would be no difference in class. Mm -hmm. It would be, it would be everything. Everything would be taken care of. Exactly. Anyway, we're wrapping up now. We're going to wrap up right now. Okay. Uh, last verses, 17, verses 17 and 18. Someone go ahead and read that, please. God, how precious your thoughts are to me, how vast their sum is. If I counted them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, I am still with you. Okay, continue reading. I was a huge baseball fan growing up, and my favorite player was George Brett. One day, our family was checking into a hotel a few hours before a game, and who did I see standing in the lobby? George Brett. <laughs> um, Next page. Leaving my parents, I walked up and said, Mr. Brett, I'm a huge fan. Congratulations on 3,000 hits and 300 home runs, being the only player to win the battle title in and the and being the only player to win the, the batting title in three different uh, decades. I was showing off, but in the middle of reciting everything I knew about him, George Brett simply walked away. 
I never even got to ask for his autograph. I was devastated. Mm. My dad consoled me and tried to explain, saying, I know you love George Brett, and I know a lot about him. And, and you know, and, and know a lot about him. But you've got to realize George Brett doesn't know you. Mm. One side of the relationships really work out. For that reason, our relationship with God was always designed to be two-sided. God knows us. He knows everything about us, and he loves us. In the same way, he wants us to know him. God has pursued us from the beginning, and he wants us to pursue him. That idea can be overwhelming. Getting to know God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, after all, God is totally beyond our comprehension. Yet God viewed that knowledge yeah, as David. Passion. Yeah, David. David. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yet, sorry. Yet David viewed that knowledge as precious. Mm -hmm. He used a word that literally means heavy or costly. Mm -hmm. God's David saw the thoughts of God as weighty and highly valuable. Mm -hmm. Verse 18 mentions waking up which is quite possibly a reference to waking from death. Early, David marveled at God's knowledge about him from the very conception of his life. And now David noted that even at the end, when I wake up, he would still be with God. This statement implies an eternal relationship. When we look to God with worship and awe, because he knows and values us, our response is to enter into relationship with him. By trusting God, we can say with David, when I wake up, I am still with you. Okay. Notice the second to the last paragraph there. God knows us. He knows everything about us, and he loves us. Can you say that about some people who know you? Well? No. Nah. Because they know some stuff about you that cause them not to want to like you. Okay? In the same way, he wants us to know him. God has pursued us from the beginning, and he wants us to pursue him. The idea can be overwhelming. Getting to know God, the creator of the, creator of the heavens and the earth. After all, God is totally beyond our comprehension. Yet David viewed that knowledge as precious. He used the word literally means heavy or costly. David saw the thoughts of God as weighty and highly valuable. Question number five, last question. What actions can we take that reflect our belief in the value of human life? What can we do? Be respectful of every life. Be respectful of every life. That's right. Regardless of what they may look like. All right? Every life, because every single life is made in the image and likeness of God. And God loves them just as much as he loves you. Okay, the point? Every life counts, including mine. Exactly. Every life counts, including mine. Okay, let's look at... Uh, question four. Uh, did you do question four? Did we do question four? Did we miss question four? Yeah. Yeah, I think we did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's look then at how are we going to flesh this out. We walk out of these four walls. What are we going to do about this lesson today? How are we going to flesh it out? 
What your life matters. Page 84. Your life matters. How will you ensure that truth makes a difference in your life this week? Consider these options. Pray for life. Pray that the eyes of our lawmakers, judges, and political leaders will be open to the fact that every life was created by God. Every life counts. Sometimes you wonder if the politicians really understand that, right? So you need to pray about that. Pray for life. And then memorize. Commit Psalm 139, 13 to 14 to memory. Let these verses take hold in your mind and heart so they can impact you, impact how you see yourself and how you see those around you. Good verses to memorize. And then number three, volunteer. Commit an hour a week to serve at a local Christian pregnancy center, retirement home, or ministry to those with special needs. Help others see the truth in Psalm 139 that every life, including theirs, matters. Finally, freedom is a valuable principle, but human beings are precious. Every human life is wonderfully made by God in the image of God, which makes every human life remarkable. <laughs>